Hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. Hope you're not right on there. My name is Jason Simmons. Sitting across from me, as always, physically this time, Wee. Jack Smith. Hello. And of course, this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch a whole bunch of things and we tell you how we feel about those things. Um, and yeah, it's been some time mm-hmm. and I feel we watched a, a, a few things. Yeah, totally. Uh, we're right now in like the middle of summer. Um, it's gross. Times are weird. Uh, oh, certain yeah. things aren't coming out when they normally would come out. Um, and yeah, I've not seen as much or That's the things I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was late. I was drinking. No, totally fine. That's also what she said, I guess. Um, but no, yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. There, there is I, Because new things aren't coming out with... Mm the frequency I would like them to, or things that I consistently watch yeah. aren't coming back for a while. Uh, I've been delving into some older things. Interesting. And that's been bringing up some feeling. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear about these. Um, but also in my watching as well, um, for a portion of, for like for a week, I just tried my best to watch uh, things made by uh, people of color. Oh, nice. Like made by and starring people of color and just trying to focus on the avenue. Although the thing that brought back the memories it was not made or stars people of color. <laughs> but damn, did it like dig up some things like, oh, I didn't think about that for years or like, that's why I like that thing. Okay. Mm. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I did not make a concerted effort like you did, but I kind of inadvertently did anyway. It's just because I think more stuff is coming out made by people of color i think it's so or at least lovely. focused on like you know yeah. um various streaming platforms like there's a section like yes cool yeah. <laughs> like there should have always been a section <laughs> you shouldn't there should be so much that you don't need a section yeah it's just normal. an ideal world <laughs> any hoozles mm-hmm. start us off man all right uh i'll talk about something that i watched that i didn't enjoy oh no <laughs> this viewing of it but I think there are two ways to look at this movie. I watched Hancock, uh, 2008's Hancock, oh. starring Will Smith. Yeah, I remember you talking about that the first time you saw it. Uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Jason Bateman. She's Bateman. in that? Yeah, she's like the that. second lead in this movie. No shit. Um, but it's like a little weird reunion for Charlize Theron and uh, Jason Bateman from like uh, Arrested Development, where they are also a couple. Oh, uh, I didn't know she was on Arrested Development. <laughs> she was for like a season. She was oh. really funny. Nice. Um as rita um however hancock was not as enjoyable as that season of rest of development um a movie written by uh, <laughs> um uh vi vincent uh, go um who is i believe is vietnamese um and vince gilligan writer oh. of breaking bad has a credit on this interesting as like a co-writer hmm. which i find very interesting yeah um but yeah uh hancock uh directed by peter berg it is a movie where in which a not down in his luck, but a very crusty, rough-edged uh, superhero uh, played by Will Smith, who is consistently drunk, but tries his best to help out mm-hmm. the people of Los Angeles. Uh, granted, in like means that are very destructive to property and really harmful to like the people he's trying to stop. Um, and you know, Jason Bateman plays a uh, a an ad uh, executive kind okay. of trying to rehabilitate Hancock's image. And Charlie Starman plays his wife, who has a secret past. Oh, okay. With uh, Will Smith's character, Hancock, that not even Hancock recognizes. Mm. Um, but yeah, one way that this movie could be looked at, like, okay, this is a very powerful black character mm-hmm. with powers beyond mortal men, 
doing things in his own way to help various people. Mm -hmm. The other way this could be looked at is that this is a black person that needs to be rehabilitated. A powerful black man needs to be taken down. To be rehabilitated, he has to go to prison and figure himself out. Uh Uh-oh. And only prison could do that in the eyes of society. And then to be reshaped and reimaged and reintroduced to society. That's the other way to look at this movie. Mm. All orchestrated by his white friend. And it's like, oh, this can be looked at in two different ways. Um... And depending on how you're feeling, it can come out in two different ways. Mm. But those messages aside, it's just not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I've heard. Like, you know, any implication of, like, racial bias aside, like, it's just like, oh, this just doesn't work. And it's, like, the first, like, little break in, like, Will Smith's armor. Mm. Like, Mr. Summer couldn't bring it this time. And also, it was a terrible time to come out. You release a superhero movie the same summer as Iron Man 1, The Incredible Hulk, and The Dark Knight? Are you stupid? But, I mean, (laughs) he wouldn't have known that Iron Man was going to be Iron Man. Right. He wouldn't know that. And, honestly, the world didn't know. Mm. But, like, this just shows how different things were then. Insofar as, like, you know, a Marvel movie, what is a Marvel movie? Yeah. Quote, unquote. Right, right. (laughs) Because at that point, it was wasn't even known as a Marvel movie so much as just like, oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback. Right. Marvel Studios, this is their first their film. Their first thing, yeah. Let's um, see how it goes. And granted, like, you know, everyone stayed the hell out of the way of, like, The Dark Knight. I'm yeah, sure right, it, right, right. I believe Hancock came out, like, you know, a few weeks before that did. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's a really hard time to come out. Yeah. I think I remember you, maybe, I think it was this movie, when you told me that you had seen it, mm-hmm. um, that, like, the first half of it is good and then it really goes yeah. off the rails for like the last third or quarter or something the first half is really entertaining mm. and then they introduce a, a plot element i don't care if that's this is spoiled you can spoil it because i'm never gonna watch it yeah will smith is apparently like a god of some kind oh and charlie Theron is his counterpart Okay. And back, so she's also a god she's also a god okay and whenever they become close together like or are aware of each other like chaos ensues they used to be lovers at one point in time he got and the closer they get to each other, like, uh-huh. their powers diminish. Like, physically? Physically. Okay. Like, the closer they get to each other, the longer amount of time they spend around each uh-huh. other, they become more and more human. Okay. Um, he was injured protecting her in, like, the 1920s in Miami. Uh, okay. Because he was, they were lovers, they were together, right. and, like, you know, he was injured, and he woke up, you know, comatose. She had left, and as he, as the further away she gets, the more, more. powerful okay. they both become. Is this set in Miami? Uh, it was not set in Miami. It's set oh. in Los Angeles. So she moved oh, to Los right. Angeles okay. in the 20s. He made his way over there uh, 10 years prior to the start of this gotcha. movie, I guess. Okay. So sometime in the mid-2000s. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, like, it just felt like that's a weird thing to add to this seemingly straightforward yeah. drunk Superman. How does that work? Could be funny. Like... And then you add all yeah, this weight to that's it. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot for an audience to really want to take in. Yeah. I think. For me, at least. Yeah. Like, the first half of it's like, hey, like, here's a rough around the edge of Superman. I could get into that. Totally. And also, fair. That's the most stressful job in the world. Yeah. And, like, you can't stop being a superhero. People know who you are. So, like. Yes. And it's depressing. Like, I get that. Like, what is it like for the superhero that is lonely and, like, you know, lives away from society, yeah. although he is, like, very seemingly human? Yeah, like, but he, with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, and he has human vices. Like, I like to drink and party and hang out. And it's Oops. like, 
of course I want to save people, but like I also care about me yeah. and dulling the pain of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do people know who he is? He's like, yes, known throughout Los Angeles, like okay. Hancock the Menace. And oh, like no. his relationship with the police is like, ah, oh, God, he's here. He's going to ruin everything. <laughs> and that can be like kind of funny. And like the way they played with it was kind of funny. Like Hancock saved the day, I guess. Like he also caused $5 million of property kind damage. Kind of like how the Avengers, they're just like, yeah. yes, you saved us from the bad guys, but now our city is crumbling. Yes, it, it's kind kind of fun and funny to talk about the collateral damage of yeah. like a superhero fight it's the actual like, logistics of like yeah. having to constantly <laughs> rebuild your city after like, the hulk freaks out yes yeah. like pacific rim it's like yeah god it sucks to live in that world like and it would kind of suck to live in a world of a superhero to some degree it's mm-hmm. like oh here's another fight like okay <laughs> like everyone oh, get the, inside there goes those four skyscrapers yeah great yeah so it, it's fun in that respect but then you add all this other mythical mythical nonsense mm. it just becomes like uh well i don't i'm not invested anymore yeah. um did you, the first time you saw it did you recognize the um the second way of looking at it as like no trying to... this this came very recently only mm. in this viewing of it i've only seen the movie uh about three times i guess oh my god i don't know don't question <laughs> Jeez, me as to why i watch it three separate times <laughs> The first time I saw it was like, oh, man, I, I miss this in theaters. I can't wait to see it now. And I saw it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason it was on again. I was like, well, sure. I guess I'll do it again. Fine. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll take this terrible drug again. Oh, God. And then the third time was like, wait a minute. Was this the third time? This was the third time. Okay. I had to watch with more critical eyes yeah. on this. So, gotcha. yeah, in that critical with looking with a critical eye, mm. I saw that other way of looking at it. And I was like, ooh, this could be problematic. But, Interesting. I you would know. be interested in uh, Will Smith's view of it now. I'm. I would be super interested in you his know? view on that. Like in looking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But if he recognized it, or he is he's a guy that I would love to hear his after action report on like various films that he's yeah. done. It's like, well, how did your life change after this movie, mm. or what was your approach in taking this next movie after doing this one? Because I think people look at his career in a way where it's like. There's a lot of pressure, like Hancock, there's yeah. a lot of pressure on Will as well, insofar as always kind of having to make a hit. He can't do, totally. a, like, a small movie. Yeah, he's which, not going to be in a Wes Anderson indie film. What, like, what does that look like? I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but he always has to be, or he chooses these these big projects because it's expected of him almost. And wasn't this one of the first roles in which he was not, like, a shiny good guy? Like, he was actually Yeah, he wasn't, like, the, the clean cut, yeah. like, you know immediately good charming guy and like yeah whatever, he wasn't yeah. charming will smith in that yeah. way like he was a little socially awkward like a little gruff yeah. and it's just like oh like I, i'm interested to see him like go in this direction totally. so i'm sure it was an acting challenge for him in that way maybe yeah. something that attracted him to the role mm. so i don't know interesting yeah but that's enough on hancock <laughs> what? a sentence that has been uttered so many times <laughs> that's enough um i watched <laughs> all of the babysitters club what? that's getting a lot of buzz i'm curious so i do they still have the theme song from the original show i never watched the original show or if i did i don't remember it okay it wasn't really my thing. I was very much a uh, tomboy when I was a kid. Um, as I sit here and talk to you in my muscle shirt, I feel like that really <laughs> shows. Because you're in full jack. <laughs> I, I was a real sporty spice when I was a kid. 
the um, best singer of the Spice Girls. Was she really? She, if you hear her voice, she's the best singer. Not to say they're bad, right, but right. she's really good. Interesting. Hmm. You have to look into that. Um, I was not, so I was not super into it. I think I probably read a couple of books. I had a friend who was super into it. Um, but it looked really cute. And I was just looking for something light. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that it was a diverse cast of girls. So I was like, I'll just check out this one episode. Cut to me staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning watching all the babysitters <laughs> go. Because I just needed to know what happened at camp. Because it, it feels like a show that could get into some quote-unquote serious issues and very special episodes. Jason. Jason. <laughs> Jason. Jason. Let me tell you something. They cover everything. Okay. I made a list. Oh, God. We got a gay couple, a kid with diabetes. We have a transgender <laughs> child, Whoa. a dad who, I don't know how to term this that is not, uh, that is correct, but he, I guess he came out later in life, but he oh. was married. Okay. So he had to get divorced. Uh, we got single moms, single dads, all the races. Whoa. We got uh, Japanese internment camps. We got interracial what? couples and kids. <laughs> Socioeconomic stratification <laughs> and social justice issues. Oh my god. We have it all, Jason. <laughs> it is all in here. And it is done with such sweet earnestness. Well, that's good. Like, yeah, it was very sweet and great for little like kids to see these things. Yeah, actually. It's um if they're doing all that in a show aimed at like eleven to like, thirteen year old <laughs> girls, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. all right. Um and um, there's no like competing for boys. Nice. There's like they're all like the friendships that they have or any drama in their friendships. Um, it's just about how you know that person is acting or something. It's not about freaking boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a shoehorn relationship or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. It's really they're very sweet. Is it funny to see them talk like? <laughs> like woke 20 somethings and then also <laughs> giggle like little girls yes it's a little disarming i like she this girl talks to these doctor there's a small child who she had to take to the hospital who is transgender and so they keep calling her a him and so this like 13 year old girl's like to these two doctors like can i please speak to you in the hallway <laughs> they're like okay and they're the most responsive adults you've ever heard or seen in your life and, like, and so she lectures them about like identity and stuff and they're just like like an adult and they're just like okay yeah got it <laughs> jesus <laughs> and then they walk away and i was just like oh god so really the the most fictional element is the relationships yeah. with these adults like it's so earnest and sweet um, it is always interesting to see a kid win a fight against an adult physically in a movie, much less like emotionally? mentally and emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's revealed that like one of the little girls has uh, type one diabetes, and so she has she in the past they're before, giving some real shit here. Okay. Yeah. Before <laughs> she um, was diagnosed, she had a seizure at her school and stuff, and so she was very um, self-conscious about having one of those little pumps. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And so it's revealed, like, these mean older girls re- like reveal this to the parents, so the parents are like, we don't know if we can have this 
I can't imagine this response, but this young woman, like, babysit our kids because in the past she's had a seizure. And oh. so all of these parents come to a house and this girl has to, like, make her case to them. <laughs> I was just like, what is <laughs> what this situation? Fuck? What is this Greek play that is happening? <laughs> so, like, some of it is ridiculous on that level. Uh-huh. But again, you see that they're trying to teach people things, which is very nice. Which is cool, yeah. Um, so I but can't tell you if the original show was like that. I can't remember. It makes me laugh. So this show <laughs> did make me laugh aloud unintentionally mm-hmm. because it was just ridiculous. Um, but it's very sweet, and it has very nice messages. It seems like they're really trying to push things in the right direction with their messages. They I totally like were. They absolutely were. Um, and the little there's the girls are so cute. Where is it? Is it set in Connecticut? It is, which I didn't realize. That it, I remember from the yes original series. They they set it in Connecticut, and like it's supposed to be. It's a very like it's not a real place. I'm pretty sure, but they're in like Fairfield County, which is an insanely wealthy. That's where Greenwich is. Fairfield is very mm-hmm. like Westport, like all these places. They're on the beach. They're like houses that are in these places that are by the beach are like millions of dollars. Like, it is an incredibly wealthy suburb, and one of the girls mentions i can't remember what exactly she says but she basically calls it like a garbage town i want to be like girl (laughs) what you are so upper middle class i don't even know what to do with myself (laughs) um but okay sure like your trash is literally treasure like yeah like her home uh i like i think money is kind of like tight maybe for this uh for the main girl's mom but also, like, they live in a very nice house, and like, boys are playing video games, and like, they're fine. <laughs> so let's let's relax. Well, a we're having a hard time maintaining this lifestyle, yes. as opposed to like surviving. Right. Okay. Oh, and Alicia Silverstone is in it. What? As uh, the main girl, I say the main girl. She's the one who likes. They have. They focus on a different girl for each episode. Mm-hmm. Which is very sweet. It's kind of told, narrated a little bit from their perspective, and it opens with like their individual notebooks. So you see the, all the different personalities. Hmm. It's so hilariously cute. Um, but she is great. She looks phenomenal. She looks the same. She kinda, looks like, barely like she barely aged, like and it, she's fun and seems like a great mom. I'm pretty sure everyone in the movie Clueless made some kind of deal with the devil to keep their faces really and ages did. forever. Paul Rudd, Donald Faison, Stacy Dash. All of them. Alicia Silverstone, they've not aged a day. <laughs> if right. anything, they've all only gotten better looking. What is up with them? <laughs> I never thought about Yeah, their whole cast. <laughs> like I all the main about figures in that cast. Yeah. Look great. Something happened on that set, Jason. I don't know. Mm. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. Was you know. Magic released when Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd made out? <laughs> It was a spell, you see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> granting them all eternal life. Yeah. Um, so she's great, and she looks great. Um, so yeah, it was a really fun, sweet show that um, restored my hope for the future. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> a that's tiny good. bit. <laughs> that's it's good to have a positive show in these crazy ass times. Yes. Um, what else you got? Well, since you mentioned, you know, uh, something that happened in your home state. This is the thing that has brought up the very deep memories for Ooh, me yeah, that happened me. in my home state. Um, I started, as many people have in this pandemic, rewatching uh, The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Uh, something that I watched 
in the first run. I was like 12 watching episodes oh, of The Sopranos, Jason. which I shouldn't have been. No. But, but that's also the theme of your life, I feel the theme like. Of my life. Childhood. You just love to watch stuff that is so highly inappropriate <laughs> for children. That's like, it's well, insane. The Simpsons are done. Time for The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the Sunday night schedule. Um, I believe The Sopranos is coming in on its uh, 21 years since it, it came out, I think. It came out in wow. 99 originally. Um, but man, watching that show is bringing back such hard, hard memories. Like the idea of it all takes place in Essex County, which is where I grew up in New Jersey. And Essex County is very stratified. <laughs> like it is, it is a not a love letter, but it is very, very descriptive and amazingly accurate description mm-hmm. of like Northern New Jersey. And it's like Jesus Christ, the amount of research got being put into the script. Is impressive. Was the person who created it from New I Jersey? I don't think uh, David Chase is from New Jersey. I'm not sure. I believe he is from New York. Oh, well. But the amount of research being put into each script for very specific things, talking to the point of logistically speaking, a character describes like making a left and then right, like a directions. He's given directions, like, you know, from how to get to one place to the other. And it's like, yes, that's 100% correct. Like, wow. yes, you take Bloomfield Avenue up and then you make a right. And then, like, you know, yes, you'll be in, like, you know, Nork for a bit, and then you'll be in Bloomfield, and then you'll be in Verona. Like, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> like, they're 100% correct. And seeing certain images of just, like, places where I live now, it's like, huh, so that's what it looked like in 1999. Interesting. Um, so, like, bringing back those memories. And also bringing back things that, that I hadn't seen in 20 years. In the sense of, like, I watched this in the first run, and I never saw this episode again. But goddamn, do I remember that death? That sat with me apparently <laughs> for a really long time. Wow. Um, the 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 way that the depiction of the characters isn't one that is one hundred percent glowing in the sense like these guys are the heroes. It's like no, these guys are the bad guys, yeah. but bad guys are also human. Like everything's gray. Yes, yeah. it is one big swath of gray. Like yeah. the colorblind will love it. Like it is. Just- <laughs> It is just... They should remarket it. <laughs> Every episode, black and white. Um, no, it is It is uh, various shades of gray. Mm. Um, the characters you're looking at, Tony Soprano, his crew, their families, like everyone is operating not in a sense of good and evil because like that doesn't exist really yeah. except for the applications you apply it to. It's just, okay, yeah, they're murdering people, but they're trying to take care of their families. It's it one of those... Um almost Loki style of just like I'm out here to get mine and so sometimes that ends up on the side of good sometimes it's not so much it's just sometimes I have my motivation in good and bad that kind of goes in and out of good and bad depending on whatever I need like the motivations that are motivations are like it's but also seeing their rationale and justifications for their action Mm -hmm. and like the way they apply that to like you know the status of being you know Italian in America and Mm -hmm. the, the, the idea of like you know that versus race mm. and like the separateness that one feels like, you know, from mainstream culture. Interesting. It, it is very in depth and it is a very well written show. Mm. Um, I, I love the application of psychology to the show mm-hmm. as like, you know, a main point of the show is that, you know, Tony sees right, a right, psychiatrist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like brought out a lot of things as well. Like just like, Oh, his psychiatrist. Like, I remember, yeah, Dr. Melfi. Like, oh, my God, Dr. Melfi. Dr. Melfi? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, man. Like, ah, this this makes a lot of sense. Like, she is a very attractive lady. She's very smart. (laughs) And it is such a switch for Lorraine Bracco because she previously played, like, you know, um, 
Ray Liotta's wife right, in, right, right. in Goodfellas and like well this is a complete 180 <laughs> and that's who plays the therapist that's who plays that's who plays the gotcha. therapist Lorraine Bracco gotcha. and she's fantastic she is like I only know her from Rasoli and I <laughs> <laughs> she played the mom <laughs> I've also seen uh, the one with her, Ray Liotta. But um, <laughs> my first thought is always, oh, Rizzoli's mom. Mama Rizzoli. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, she is fantastic and very attractive and very smart. It's like, oh, well, this explains a lot, I guess. <laughs> I mean, of course you're attracted to, like, smart, pretty ladies. Who isn't? Who isn't? And, like, but it's just very interesting, I and guess. And she has me. a thriving career. And she's a thriving career. Like, look at this lady. She's successful. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to Dr. Melfi. Um, but what is also really interesting about it, too, is like uh, musical choices of the time are like, wow, that's spot on for the mm. year that came out. Um, the way people dress is so interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so very specific to the time, the place it's of people. It's such a good time capsule for you in particular because uh, it's not just time, it's time and place. Like, yeah. the haircuts people have. The f- I love the way Carmela Soprano, uh, who is Tony's wife, dresses on that show. It's like, she's always in a fun short. (laughs) She's wearing fun shorts all over the place. Because I'm assuming she still dresses like a mom. She is such a mom on the show. The way they dress her and all that stuff. And, like, the way they play with each character, like, she's doing things that are all she's, like, Tony cheats on her constantly. (coughs) But she's also kind of emotionally cheating on him. Oh, okay. And the way they play with pop psychology, not even pop psychology, psychology, and applying that to the nature of the show. Mm. And I love seeing Tony use what, using what he's learning in psychology. And then turns it around. And applying it to his life. It's just like, therapy's working for him. Hilarious. (laughs) And oddly sweet. Yes. Yeah. And like, he's trying to solve his problems, like, through, like, using the tools he's getting there and applying them to his life. And it's like, no, I'm not going to get angry at the situation. I want to think around it. And it's just like, good for you, man. <laughs> like, good for you. Um, and some of the characters are just so, they're, they are characters. Mm-hmm. Or uh, they, they do a good job of not trying to make people caricatures. That's good. Which was, would be really easy to do. Oh, 1,000%. But they try their best to layer people. Mm. And this is one of the shows that was like, this is prestige programming for HBO. This is like the start of it. Right, it was like, the beginning, yeah. You don't get to like a Game of Thrones without no, The Sopranos. totally. And it's interesting to watch the first episode because it wasn't made for HBO. HBO wasn't in the business of commissioning uh, shows in that way. It's mm. like they had a pilot, they presented to HBO, HBO was like, we'll buy this, sure, we'll put this on the air. And that was the start of prestige programming on HBO, kind of, like in, in a big way. Not that they didn't have shows before, they did, mm. but this was the one that hit big um and i will end my rant on sopranos <laughs> no it's great i tried watching it once probably twice actually um but i just couldn't get into it that much Fair, i think absolutely. because it's a slow burn drama at least when you first start watching it mm-hmm. and whenever i see the word slow burn i'm just like boof <laughs> my mind just kind of checks out but maybe i'll give it another try yeah, I, I don't know. It hits specifically for me because, yeah. like, yeah, this is where I grew up. But like, do you also think not. if it wasn't there that you would be as invested? I don't know. I really don't know if I'd be as invested. I think I think I would because it is it is a very a good, good story. Show it's a good show. Own, right? But like the added aspect of like the the showing of the nature of Northern New Jersey and like how stratified it can be mm. and like how have and have not it can be. It's like yeah, like I'm glad this is 
this was a thing that existed and yeah. it was on TV to show that. Yeah. And a show, yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed that. Nice. All yeah. right, maybe I'll give it another try. Yeah, and there's a movie coming out that's a prequel film oh. called The Many Saints of Nork um, coming out, I believe, next year. Hmm. Yeah. What Do you know what it's focusing on? I believe it's focusing on uh, Nork, New Jersey, right after the, the riots, 1967 riots. Oh, okay. They're really going back. And just showing like, well, this is how the city changed, and this is how northern New Jersey changed. Oh, interesting. Like this formerly, primarily white city mm-hmm. wasn't so white anymore. And how does that affect like the, the day-to-day interactions yeah. of an illegal operation? Um, is, do we know who has been cast in that yet? I believe James, Gandalf- James Gandolfini's son is cast as Tony Soprano. Oh, nice. So, that's that's cool. kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I didn't know his son acted, but, yeah. Good deal. Um, I was not against it, but, so I watched Hamilton. <laughs> I'm very curious to see your thoughts. I didn't, you know what? I didn't watch it, actually. Um, I know I should. I work in theater. But... <laughs> what are your thoughts because for a long time i was just like this seems like very a i'm not really a musicals person Mm -hmm. i'm barely a play person um i was like this rap seems kind of (laughs) cheesy it's sounded like white people rap to me where it's like slower and i'm just like oh boy (laughs) this is not this is not fun of course six-year-old white couples like it like Mm -hmm. oh boy um, but I stand corrected, Jason. Okay. Okay. I think part of, a lot of people listen to the soundtrack before seeing it. I think that's how many people digested it before yes, actually seeing it. Yes, which I get. Because it's kind of prohibitively expensive to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was never going to see it in person. Um, and I'm glad I did see it this way, actually. Um, and some people are turned off by the soundtrack. And I get it because I think most please correct me if I'm wrong, most musicals, like, it's a play, but then there are songs interjected to, like, emphasize a moment or something, you know? Like, it pushes the story along further. Right. Um, But there's also just a regular play in between. Mm -hmm. This is all musical. So almost like an an operetta, almost. If I knew what an operetta was, maybe. (laughs) So, uh, everything is sung. Oh, Every yeah. line of, of, of dialogue is yep. sung, essentially. There's no real uh, book. Like, in a musical, there's a book and uh, the music. Oh, um, yeah, no book. book. Books and lyrics. And, like, in this, it's just all lyrics, It's I just guess. all okay. lyrics. So, without just hearing the song, I, because it's all context, like, I don't think I would enjoy it so much. But I watched it with the subtitles on okay. it was perfect so the writing of it is what like really made you the writing enjoy it. is phenomenal okay um, shout out to there's, yo, there's so much wordplay that mm-hmm. if you're because it does yes. go fast you're okay. gonna miss it and not appreciate it mm-hmm. and what he's done um without actually seeing those because i didn't i, I had a, a co-worker recommend listening to the soundtrack first, but then I was like, oh, but I don't want to spoil anything. Like, I want to be surprised when I'm actually watching it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that. Um, but then I did watch it with the subtitles and it was perfect. So I could see what was going on, but also understand what was going on in the lyrics because they do go fast. When you're actually sitting there watching it, they do go fast and it would be too much to take in. And right. I would only get like 
three out of every five words, maybe. Um, Fair. because it, it's names and stuff, and you're just like, oh, my God. And also adding, like, historical context to things. One thousand percent. So, um, I uh, I also like that I saw it filmed because you could actually see the acting better. Because mm-hmm. if I were ever to get tickets, they'd be up in the nosebleeds. I wouldn't be able to see anything. Right. Um, you're kind of getting the whole stage as opposed to not being able to focus on someone's yeah, face. Totally. You're and getting like their body movements. Yes, you're getting their emotions, um, and the whole, you're getting to see mostly the whole stage mm-hmm. and everything. So that was actually really great. Um, Everyone on there is so freaking talented. It's crazy. I multiple there are a couple actors who play multiple parts. Okay. And there's just because it is wrapped, there's so many more lyrics and such being fit in being a very short in a space. Sh- yeah. So whereas in a regular musical, if it was two, two and a half hours, I don't know how many songs there are. You can stretch it out like we're gonna do a ballad on this one, or like you know. We're yeah, gonna... maybe how many? What's the average number of songs in a musical? Six? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but like it's it's more than it's usually like eight? around ten, eight to eight to like thirteen sometimes I believe. Wow. So I feel like you have to double that because everything's going so fast, and they're moving around so much. Like it's so impressive to be able to memorize all of that because you can't. You can't wing it. Like No. <laughs> you have to remember so much. It's crazy. Um, even down to just like the chorus and like people dancing and singing in the background, like to remember all the moves and all the lyrics. And it's just. And you're doing it live. It's not like you're doing it once it's, yeah, for the sake of a camera. It's, it's like, really. Or a few times for the sake of a camera. Because that's how movies work. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I would be impressed with it no matter what, just because it's not something I could do. Um, And it's so much memorization of so many different things. But this was just kind of multiplied because there's so much to remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found myself a... I'm someone who enjoys the lyrics to stuff. I know some people listen to music and they don't really care about the lyrics, but I very much do. That's fair, yeah. Um, Liner notes, they don't exist anymore. So reading the lyrics and stuff was, I was just so impressed. Um, yeah, it was, oh, it was so great. And I found myself thinking about it so much afterward. Okay, cool. And I was surprised by that. Usually I'll watch something and then it's over, it's done with, and I walk away. But I found myself thinking about it a lot. And especially now I was reading about, speaking of context, like about how it was first received 10 years or how long five years ago it's been a while i think it's, they said it's 2015 it's, it's been longer than 2015 i would oh, say really? like uh, the first premiere i forget the exact date and i know someone out there is gonna be really mad but whatever <laughs> i think it was like 2013 it originally like premiered oh, at gosh. the public theater and then over the next few years like then it like quickly graduated to broadway gotcha and then from there so i think it debuted on broadway in 2015 i think it debuted at the public in 2014 2015 2015 okay so it was a very quick turnaround then. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, back then it was hailed as like this novelty because of the rapping, but also I think there's only a couple of white actors and the rest is people of color, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, and so, but now 
it's been flipped a little bit in that people are upset that Lin-Manuel Miranda did not address slavery as much as he could have. Yeah, I understand there's a bit of a backlash on the internet now. People being a bit mad at (sighs) the play. Like, it's... Yeah, I think that's partially just fueled by people being angry, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he does address it multiple times throughout the show. Could he have addressed it more? Yes. But also, he's trying to fit in so much in two and a half hours. Maybe give him a break. Yeah, (laughs) and and, I mean, it's an art form. It's, you know, you can criticize whenever you want to. But like, I don't, it wasn't necessarily his job to have to do that, I don't think. You know, like. He was, if you want to see that in a play, then write a play yourself. To some degree, yeah, that's a fair assessment, yeah. Um, And he does address it, and it does come up. Um, And. I don't like it would be relevant to much of the play but also I don't know you just can't have everything unfortunately that, that is also like, the that's part really of it. just that's kind of it you just can't have it. everything you can't do everything all the time yeah. in every you know film movie play yeah. whatever it may you be you can't address we can't all be babysitters club we can't address <laughs> every issue under the sun in a, a eight to ten episode arc they're loading up that story shotgun and they're hitting every target (laughs) okay (laughs) so bottom line hamilton is it babysitter's club no (laughs) but you know what it's pretty damn good and i found myself being very i found very Mm thought-provoking um and it's also not saying that like all these guys were great it's a lot of their yes, accomplishments, and it's a lot of their flaws, too. I think it's trying to, yes, yeah, show, like, yeah. these characters in the context of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and also try to provide an entertaining show. Like, you know, you're going to have your yeah. heroes, you're going to have your villains, you're going to have totally. people that, are, that you're rooting for and people you're rooting against. Like, you and know. A lot of, they're so charming and charismatic, but do you want to watch a boring character in a musical? Right. No, like, they have to be in order to keep your attention. Like, the King of England, I understand, is, like, one of the most entertaining characters He's in great. the play. Jonathan Groff is great. But, of course, like... Yes, this is bystanders, the enemy of, yeah. of the and United again, States. And again, like if you read the lyrics and stuff, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of a weird second round knee jerk reaction to the play. Um, but I would highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I found it very thought provoking. I'm also a fan of history, so I was totally into yeah. it. Um, if you're a fan of history, you'll like it. If you're a fan of musicals, you'll like it. It's got something for everyone, Jason. If it if it doesn't have something for you, just check out Babysitter's Club because that will have everything. <laughs> like it'll check all your boxes. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, they protest at the end of Babysitter's Club <laughs> at their summer camp, Jason. It's amazing. And given the production schedule of things, this was a bit ahead of its time. Like it, it could, there's no way they could have filmed this during all yeah. everything that's been going on so like yeah. this was you know filmed probably at some point late last year or totally. like the summer of last year absolutely here you go they went for it um god bless them <laughs> just putting the weight of the world on a bunch of 13 year old girls because they're going to solve it all right <laughs> we can't expect to solve all of our problems within this generation we got to pass it on to the next one okay <laughs> here not to take that, my burden not to take not to take the burden but maybe we have answers that yes. we don't yes all right um uh, two things about hamilton yes one uh at the time it came out, there was another successful historical-based play on another uh, 
American figure. Hmm. Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson came out right before Hamilton did, like a year. Did you say or Bloody Bloody? Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. I thought you Jackson. said Buddy Buddy. <laughs> Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. You know, that guy that's on the 20 and it's a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> that we should all be very ashamed of, and yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, he, uh, that, that, that play came out, I believe, a year before Hamilton. So oh, I, I imagine, like, the war, not the wards were tainted. It was very successful, but I imagine it was, like, kind of tough to come Whoever out with Hamilton. Whoever wrote that was very upset with Hamilton. <laughs> they, they put their money on the wrong guy. Blew them out of the water. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, that's one thing I wanted to say about Interesting. that. Um, but Did the, you see it? I didn't see it, but it, it had similar buzz. It had a similar start. Of, like, it started at a smaller theater and then mm. went to Broadway and, like, you know, had its run. And then Hamilton had the same start, went to Broadway, and, and it will up. never stop. And that's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> was there rapping? No, there wasn't. Oh. I believe it was more of a rock opera. Oh, so, I'm out. Yep, I think that was most people's opinion. <laughs> was it as diverse? I I don't believe it was, but I, again, I'm not 100% gotcha. sure. I, I don't know all the details on it. Oh. Um, just the timing I thought was very interesting. Yeah, very. Um, but that was one thing. The other thing we wanted to ask, does this open you up now to more musicals? Would you... <laughs> That's a big ass. Oh, Jason. <laughs> I mean, it does want me, nope, it does make me want to watch, um, they're, they're making the movie of the Heights. Yes, in the Heights, yes. Yes. Um, it does make me want to see that. I'm of. very curious, that cast sounds awesome. Because I think one of the guys, I think one of the guys in the cast of Hamilton, I'm sure there are more people, um, I haven't seen that trailer in a while. I saw it a couple times in theaters, when those were a thing, um, and I think there's, the main guy from that in that cast was also in Hamilton. Uh, okay, all right. I think um, it's been a long time, and boy, is my memory bad. But what, what I find interesting about In the Heights, not even about In the Heights, like people always like, I don't know. I think people think in their heads, uh, like, oh yeah, Hamilton was like Lin Manuel Miranda's first success. Like, no, mm. he won a Tony for In the Heights. Totally. Like, that's a good play. <laughs> um, and that also had like you know a lot of buzz, a lot of energy behind it, mm. but like. And it was big. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong, but like Hamilton just hit in a bigger, badder way. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. It, whether it's about timing or the topic or whatever, but mm-hmm. it worked. Oh uh, yeah, the guy who plays he plays two characters in Hamilton. He is the main character, I think, um, in in the Heights. Just okay. very exciting. That's yeah. awesome. Um, David Diggs was great. Yeah, like Hamilton gave us David Diggs on a wider scale. Totally. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, another thing that I watched, mm-hmm. uh, with a, a big POC cast was called, uh, uh, a black lady sketch show is the name of the show that oh, I watched, yeah. um, on HBO. It's on HBO max. Um, a friend of mine recommended this to me, like back in like February, I think I saw him before that. And he also recommended it to me and I don't know why I didn't watch it. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I watched one episode and it was, it was Okay. And then I watched the second episode, and then the third, and then I just murdered the whole season. Uh, How many like, episodes? It's like six episodes, I believe. Oh, it's not okay. very long, but it's so funny. I think I've only seen a clip or two. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. They have, um, it's created by Robin Thede, who I had not heard of before this, but it's produced, executive produced by Issa Rae. Oh. 
Um, so she definitely leveraged her insecure success into totally. providing a path for other people. That's awesome. Good um, for you, Lisa. And it's so funny. It's so good. And it is weird. It is just as weird as any, like, you know, primarily male-driven sketch show, mm-hmm. like uh, The Whitest Kids You Know, or... Uh, I haven't seen it. You don't need to at this point. It was a very popular show from like 2007 to 2010. Um, or like Mr. Show. Or mm-hmm. like it, it is as weird as all of those shows. Okay. And very funny. Nice. Like, and also HBO hasn't done a sketch comedy show since like Tenacious D or Mr. Show. Like it's oh, been a wow. while. It's been damn near 20 years. Um, so, you know, if they're going to make something like this, they're going to, it needs to like be good. And it really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, and also, like, great cameos and, like, you know, appearances. Like, people like Nicole Byer show up consistently on the show. Yes. Um, they reunite the cast of 227, which is something I never thought I would see in my life. Like, you got Jack A. Harry and Marla Gibbs to be in the same room at the same time. They didn't like each other very much in the 80s. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and their depictions of certain things that are just amazing. Like, uh, there's a runner that happens throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, where it is four women in like a really nice house at the end of the world. Okay. Like they just decide to get together, like, you know, have like, you know, a, a wine party and like, guess what? World ended outside and it's just us. We're all the ones that are, they were the only ones left. And it's a runner and each episode has like a different part of like that sketch essentially. Nice. And they just get to certain things where it's just like, they're talking about guys or they're just talking about like, well, what'd you bring in your end of the world suitcase? Like snacks. <laughs> or just that like, would be me. Like, so you didn't bring any products for right here. Like... No, I like I do this like any what any products for your hair. So like you didn't oh for your hair. Yeah, gotcha, you didn't, gotcha. Like you, you didn't like you don't like you don't wear a head wrap at night. Like no. So then what do you do? I do this like oh so that's why you do all these other things so you don't have to like wear a head wrap. And it's just like that's a very black very specific thing. That's just like that's cool. Um, yeah, it, there's a variety of guest appearances that are really like you know brighten your eyes. Like oh you met Nicole Brown. Like yes, fantastic. Like yes. you're here. Like you're so funny. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really recommend it. I don't think it gets the same love as like Insecure does. Mm. It's not like, you know, said in the same breath sometimes, but Mm. I think it is, it stands on its own as something that is purely comedy and is not like trying to be a drama or something like that. It's a sketch comedy show. Like, it's fun. (laughs) Is there only one season? Only one season so Mm. far. I don't know if there'll be a second season this year because of, you know, Corona. Yeah. Um, but it's I would like to think a second season's coming. I really hope so. I didn't read anything insofar as, like, is a second season coming? But it is funny enough that I want a second season. Cool. Yeah. Um, I watched... Oh, boy. What did I watch? Um, I then proceeded to just watch a bunch of, like, apocalypse type things. Ooh, let's get into it. Or, like, dark things, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um... The first being this random movie called Sea Fever. Sea Fever? This sounds like a 1960s beach comedy, but... <laughs> it was not. What it got happened? surprisingly good reviews. Okay. So I was what like, service was it on? I might have rented it. Oh, okay. Sure. Because um, you know how much I love water. You do love water problems. As I love space problems, Yes. you love sea problems. And boy, are there sea problems. <laughs> Um, so it's an Irish movie, um, and it's with this, um, this young, this, like, grad student who is a redhead who is, um, joining this fishing boat crew. It's a small crew. There's only, like, five or so people, um, 
or maybe six. And she, because she's a research student, she's going to join them so she can, while they're doing their thing, she can. Is she like a marine biologist yeah. or something? Okay. Um, and so I mentioned that she is a redhead because apparently that is bad luck to have a redhead on your boat. There's so many superstitions at sea. I know. But I love them all. <laughs> and she takes her hat off and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, oh, man. Um, but when she, will this hair ever get anything? <laughs> She's beautiful. Like, of course. <laughs> um, so she's very annoying at first. And I don't, I just don't understand the depiction of like academics as, I mean, I do, <laughs> but they're not always just the most socially awkward, terrible people. Like mm-hmm. many of them are totally normal. You love books more than people. Yeah. Like, I, I also like people. <laughs> yeah. I also exist in the world. Yeah. So that's a little annoying, but, um, so while they're out there, this thing latches onto their boat and they don't know what it is. Hmm. And then, um, although I was, I was surprised cause they did have two Middle Eastern guys on in there, which was nice. And this is set in Ireland. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so, um, yeah, this thing latches onto their boat. Turns out there's a parasite in the water. They got to figure out what to do. Like a gigantic parasite, it sounds like. Is that the case? Is it a giant thing that's attached itself to the boat? Do you want me to tell you? A little bit. <laughs> yes. Okay. But it releases itty bitty things. Oh, shit. And it gets into their water supply. I don't. Oh, no. That small? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, the sea fever. I get it now. Okay. Okay. Um, and the way in which some people die is gruesome. Okay. Um, it, what you think happens, happens. Um, but I don't, spoiler alert for a movie, no one will see. Um, the person who I thought would live was, it ended up being a different person. I was thrilled. Okay. That's not really a spoiler. That's interesting. No. Okay. <laughs> Typical monster movie of just like you watch people, you just watch people die. Eliminated one yeah. by one. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, but and like they try to go about it really in really smart ways because she's a scientist, mm-hmm. um, so it was entertaining enough. It was fine. See, one of the guys was very handsome, so I was like pretty <laughs> into it. <laughs> it's it's interesting. You you don't like horror, but you'll accept it in a seafaring situation. I love a monster, though. <laughs> like you do love a monster. That is true. I love the ocean <laughs> or any body of water, and I love a monster or a robot. This is. Pacific Rim really scratches a lot of your itches. You have no idea. <laughs> That's why I love that Megan and I walked out of that movie being like, that was great. And nobody else did. I also got the movie, but that was awesome. It's great. I got giant robots that are like cool fighting giant monsters in the ocean. The What's more to love? The summer that came out, I just remember being all in on that movie yes like 100 percent, and like to the point where i'm telling people like you gotta go see pacific rim like it's not doing well in the theaters you gotta go support it <laughs> <laughs> selfishly because like i want a part two yeah. and selfishly because like no people need to see this kind of movie it's fun it's, fun. it's an original idea yeah <laughs> like, we don't get a lot of these they won't give it to us and we don't go and see who them. Who was in that movie? Oh, I was stoked because there was an Asian lady in it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who else was in it. Oh, Charlie Hunnam and... Oh, that's uh, right. Andrew Selba and Charlie Day. 
Oh, Chuck. <laughs> oh, Chuck. Chucky Hunnam. That boy. <laughs> the oddest accent around. <laughs> just just a good looking face on a pair of legs. He's Britain's Jai Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I have a deep dislike of Jack Courtney. Same. And I like Charlie Adam. He's all right. He's fine. He seems harmless. Whereas Jai Courtney, I feel like after a couple jinks, he would beat the shit out of people. <laughs> but again, I think it's his. But also, I don't know him at all. Again, I will shout it out again. Go watch Buffalo. It's the best performance Jai Courtney has ever done and maybe will ever do. <laughs> But until next time, Courtney, I stand impressed. <laughs> the um, ball is in your court. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, see, yeah, I don't like horror movies. I don't like ghosts in particular. Because you know what you can't do, Jason? Fight a ghost. Yeah, I don't. I, it's, it's, uh, it's a big problem I have with Japanese horror films that are ghost-centered. Mm. It's like, well, everyone's going to die and the ghost will be right because you can't kill a ghost. Can't and the kill go- a ghost. And there's never a thing, there's never a ritual that kills a ghost. It, mm. it is, there is, I know there's more psychology to it, but it just feels like a weird catharsis that occurs in Japanese horror films that are ghost-centered. Where it just feels like these are people being punished for a transgression. Oh. And th- I, I can't say more to it because I don't know much of the cultural mm-hmm. aspects behind it but it just feels like that is what what is happening here because because you can't do anything to it it's yeah. almost like this is fated to happen mm. to you because of something that you did interesting like no one's getting killed here because like they were innocent mm. everyone's guilty you're all sinners that's <laughs> what it feels like period but that's me applying maybe my western thoughts to like the this very specific genre okay interesting <laughs> um yeah, I don't like slash films just because I don't like a ton of gore and stuff. And I did not expect the gore from this movie. And I was just oh, like, oh. it was like surprising at some points. So just... A little bit. Okay. A little okay. bit. Dude's head just explodes. For those that can't see, Jack's just staring me in the eye like, it just happened. I don't know what to say. His eyes start to bleed. And then all of a sudden, boom! And I was just like, oh. <laughs> Usually I can get to that mute button. I was unable to. And like, Zen can attest. I, it's like the worst superpower in that I just know when something violent is going to happen. And so I just get that mute button ready. I can see it a thousand miles away. That actually would be an amazing superpower if you know that violence is going to happen. Oh, that's and true. You can just but only it. in film and television. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. It was okay. Sea Fever. Okay. Sea Fever. I'll, I'll try to maybe look it up one day and just like, hmm. see. Like, it might be streaming on Amazon or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, something else that I watched that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim's Convenience. Uh, I tried to watch that because I was like, Asian people, those are my people. <laughs> and then I was like, this doesn't seem like a good comedy. It, I, don't, I like the writing of it. I just, okay. I like the way that the characters are written. I like that it, I don't know, it's very cheesy sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, but we're a family still. Like, yeah, you guys are. Yeah, you're a fucking family. I like this shit. But <laughs> I just, there's something about their dynamic that works really well. I like that sometimes a show feels like three shows happening at once. Okay. Because sometimes you're just focusing on what's happening in the store, and then you'll focus on what's happening with the kids. And sometimes 
those three points won't won't intersect. Okay. It's like they just ha- all have their own business to deal with. And like that feels realistic sometimes in like the scope of a family. Like mm-hmm. you're not always doing everything together oh, all God, the time. No. Most of the time you're not. Yeah, like you're just you're kinda of living your own lives yeah. and like, you know, you're a family, yes, but like gotta have your own stuff you're dealing yeah. with, which I like. Mm. Um uh the the son, uh played by Simu Lu. He's going to be Shang-Chi in, like, the upcoming Marvel film. And it just feels like, that's cool. Like, I like that these, that this feels like a smaller show. It's not broadcast on any American network. This is Netflix, right? It's on Netflix, but made in Canada. It's like a Canadian film. A Canadian TV show. It had the stink of Canada (laughs) on it. No wonder I didn't like it. It smells like maple Mm. syrup. Um, I really like that aspect of it because I love Toronto. And I was like, this is Toronto. (laughs) I love it. I miss you, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they'll do like, you know, these establishing shots and just like, I remember that place. That's a cool place. I oh, just, nice. I like that. As- that's just personally me, what totally. I liked about it. Um, but I think they have, it's a small cast uh, with like a nice little uh, set of recurring characters that mm-hmm. come in every now and then. And like, they have a, just a good dynamic overall. And I like the writing of the show. Um, it is very funny sometimes. It, very, not even sometimes. It's consistently funny to me. And sometimes scathingly so. Hmm. Where it's just like, geez, like you really did a takedown <laughs> on this person. Um, it's interesting to see so, sometimes people pop up. Like, a, when, for instance, a recurring character, Pastor Nina, also, is also on uh, <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. As like a very different character. Um, she plays a pastor in this. She plays like, you know, a, a downtrodden, uh, you know, house servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on both shows, she's very good. But like on Kim's convenience because she gets to smile and have fun. <laughs> and it's be like, a human. like, well, she's like, yeah, like I, it's good to see this different context of you. Um, so like that's that's nice. Um, but yeah, overall, I I really enjoyed Kim, Kim's convenience. Um, it has four seasons on Netflix so far. Uh, oh wow! Started in 2016, uh, and I think you know the next season's coming out sometime this fall maybe. But um, yeah, it's good. And not that I didn't think I'd like it. I just like. I, I watched the first episode like some months back mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, I don't know if this is for me exactly. Yeah. And then like I gave it a chance and then three episodes in like, yeah, like just keep it on play. Like, Are you watching? Yes, Netflix. I am still watching. Like, it's collateral. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, okay. um, maybe I'll have to give it another try. Maybe, I down. maybe you like it. Maybe you won't. It's just pleasant. It's overall to me just a pleasant show. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did. <laughs> What no one else in probably the history of time has done, which is an Aaron Eckhart double feature. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we want to talk about disappearing actors. What happened to Aaron Eckhart? I, I want the true crime podcast of what has happened to these men and women. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him either. Um, I haven't seen him in he a while. He had the world in his hand during the Dark Knight, and then he's doing I Frankenstein a couple years <clears> later. I forgot what about that. What happened, man? Yeah. Um. So I knew I was going to be traveling, and so and I had time off, so I was looking for things to watch. I love like an actiony movie. I needed something um to just watch during my vacation. Mm-hmm. That would not stress me out, would hit the action movie sweet spot. Um, and so I ended up uh, downloading The Core. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Uh, just mm-hmm. a side note on The Core. 
I was going through some old comic books that I had from about 2003, 2004, and they advertised the shit out of really? the core for 14-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need the boys in the theater watching Hillary Swank do her thing. Interesting. Yeah, but That's go really on. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a while ago. Um, I enjoyed it enough, okay. you know? Um, it's got quite the cast. Aaron Eckhart, Hilary Swank, Delroy Lindo, who I just wrote, Can I Marry His Voice? <laughs> Fantastic. Because it's, oh, it's so... I always think of him as being a little bit of a, like, father figure from... Yes, he's got basic dad voice. Yes, and he's in... Gone in 60 seconds, which is what I know him from. <laughs> Need to catch Randall Reigns. <laughs> the way he says Randall Reigns is the best. <laughs> I just trust him implicitly is really what I'm saying. Um, and he's like playing the opposite of that character. He's just like a nerd who built this amazing thing. And I feel like they don't spend enough time being like, what you did here is amazing. <laughs> like you built... A machine that could travel to the core of the fucking earth. No one else could do this. You did it on your own in the middle of nowhere in like a fucking barn. Please take all the Nobel Prizes in physics and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You're amazing. Instead, they're just like, oh, good. Let's uh, let's get going with this. in the drill machine. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) He's a genius. I was pissed. Um... He built a reverse spaceship. He built an Earth ship, all right, to go deeper into it the Earth. It could go into lava and be okay. <laughs> Which is a dream. A beautiful dream. I don't dream. see anyone else doing that. He didn't have government funding. It was just him <laughs> in, like, a fucking barn. <laughs> what? Um, it's got Bruce Greenwood, who is everyone's huh. father. Yeah. He's in every movie. Um, a guy who... I think he's been maybe like a Russian bad guy in a Bond film or something. Checky Cario? Oh, Checky Cario. Yeah. yeah. He's great. So charming. Um, DJ Qualls? Yeah, man. DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls. Alfred Woodard, who I recognize. Alfred Woodard is in that movie. From The Last Ship. Alfred Woodard's in The Last Ship? Yeah. Damn. Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes you want to watch the last ship. It kind of does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Richard Jenkins. It's got a crazy cast. That is really a crazy cast. Wait, um, Hillary Swank is or is not in this movie? Yeah, she, she is. is. Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, the um, Earth is a mess, and they need to get it stops the- spinning, right? He, like the geomagnetic forces or whatever are out of line, and so uh, the Earth is gonna like burn up and do a giant fireball. All right, you know, <laughs> you know what? Like premise wise, you know what? How I feel it's about it's not films. the most far fetched. I mean, like it is, but there's science behind it. I was kind of in on this one. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm about, I'm a little bit about this guy. And they do try to explain it a little bit to the dum dums. <laughs> like I'm, I'm 16. I'm not quite a 14 year old boy, but. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, again, what you expect to happen happens. 
but it was still an enjoyable journey. You're still watching this amazing cast. I really liked the characters. Okay. I was way more invested in this movie than I thought I would be. Because it's kind of like, you know, being on a ship. It's like you have these, like, this interesting cast of characters. Yeah. And, like, you know, they have a mission to, like, do. Like, it is like, it, it feels like Armageddon, but cut out all the preamble. It's just getting yeah. to the goddamn asteroid. It's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about how much I hated the movie Armageddon, quite frankly. It was so dumb. Um, yeah, this is a good Armageddon, and, and but it's the opposite because you're going into the core of the earth. Um, I enjoyed it. And so I was like, Aaron Eckhart, you really won me over, guy. And so I turned around and I watched Battlefield Los Angeles. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, I will tell you, this i was on a plane while watching these things now wait so my desperation for entertainment because i don't like i'm fine flying but i don't enjoy it uh-huh. um like i need to be entertained i need to be distracted right because i'm playing your mind can wander to a thousand places or just like not do anything you just I feel just, stuck i feel i usually feel ill when i'm on them oh so, you so it's focus like it's not fear or anything it's just like i don't want to acknowledge this nausea that is overwhelming me absolutely right yeah. yeah go ahead <laughs> watch many things so yeah that's when i watched the core in battlefield los angeles oh man the core i, I can get behind yes <laughs> battlefield los angeles now this was a weird deep impact I mean, again situation can you, you can tell how much i enjoyed it by all my notes <laughs> it's just a blank it's just a blank space los angeles yep um Period. i mean it was again Actually, maybe I was home for this one. Oh, boy. I have no excuse. Um, <laughs> Did you close the blinds and lock the doors? Like, no one can know that I'm doing this right now. I just, like, open the door a crack for the delivery guy. I snatch the food out of his hand and close the door again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Is she watching Battlefield Los Angeles? Slam. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't tell anybody. She's doing dark things in that apartment. <laughs> Witchcraft? No, worse. <laughs> she was watching Battlefield Los Angeles. All right, get the pitchforks, uh, get the torches. We got to, we got to burn it down. Ugh. I mean, again, it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. It was not great, but it was an action movie that distracted me. Now, just a bit of trivia here. Oh, Battlefield Los Angeles mm-hmm. was also made. I believe concurrently or like around the same time of like a uh, battle Los Angeles. What? Yeah. There's a movie just called battle uh, Los Angeles. Battle. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, they're both effects driven movies about what if aliens attacked Los Angeles. <laughs> and one was made, I believe as a, uh, also known as Independence Day, also, also Independence known as 800 Day. other movies. But this relates to a previous episode that we did, as one of them was just essentially a test run for Skyline. Um, <laughs> like, the directors of that film were two brothers that did the effects on Battle Los Angeles. And they were like, we could direct a movie. Turns out they couldn't. No, they but- could not. <laughs> I mean, I stand behind it as one of the most hilarious... Uh, like spontaneous unpredictable things i've ever seen <laughs> that doesn't mean it's good but it was entertaining because let me tell you something i could predict these movies i could not predict that movie 
<laughs> it was just a mishmash of madness. You, you know, you're right. There is a good definitive point between good and entertaining. It doesn't have to be good to be entertaining. Oh, no. <laughs> Most of what I, what I watch is not good. It's just entertaining. I watch a lot of bullshit as well. <laughs> like, I try to explain this to people that like, oh, you watch everything. Like, I don't know if I can really trust your opinion. You watch a lot of things. It's like, it doesn't have to be good to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Most fun things tend to not be great works of art. Like, hey. It's fine. Is a burger good for you? Not really. But it's fucking but delicious. It's fucking good is a bad burger good yeah is a good burger great yeah i fucking like burgers and i like movies i like bad movies sometimes damn yeah back off (laughs) (laughs) um and battlefield los angeles was not a good movie but you know it's fine (laughs) it was a cheap burger it it hit the spot i wanted a burger i got a burger it's 2 a.m i'm a little tipsy (laughs) i want some white castle no sadly i was fully sober (laughs) One hundred percent sobas, soapy soaps. It was twelve at noon, <laughs> and I wanted to watch Battlefield Los Angeles. Uh, it's probably not far from the truth. <laughs> what else you got? Um, another thing I watched. This is just pretty light. Not no, actually, it's not. I guess like the content of the shows can can change from episode to episode. Mm. Uh, on HBO Max, uh, in some of their extended content, I watched The United Shades of America with uh, W. Kamau Bell. Um, United what of America? United Shades of America. Oh, yes. With uh, W. Kamau Bell. Mm-hmm. And it's fun and funny and also like poignant and like introspective. I like him, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just a travel show uh, in the style of like no reservations almost, mm-hmm. but just him going to various cities in America, talking about various topics uh, from things like the KKK, which is like the first episode of the first season, Oof. to things like, hey, what does prison reform look like? Or like, what does it, what does it look like to take a different approach to education in prison. And it's mm. like, oh, cool. Like, I, I didn't know anything about that. Or like, hey, what's it like to live in Alaska? Like, that's cool. I like that. Like, it can vary from episode to episode, not wildly, but like, you know, on various axes and topics. And it's just good. It is, it is a friendly, you know, discussion on sometimes un- uncomfortable issues. Uh, and there are some uncomfortable moments, but Kamau Bell has the ability to just kind of like navigate that with like a joke and a smile on his he face. He does it very well, yeah. And he just has, like, I don't know, I like his presence. It just feels like, I want to talk to you, man. Like, sure, I'll talk to you about anything on the street. Sure. It also feels very calming to me. Yes. Yeah, I like it. What is it called again? Sorry. United Shades of America. Nice. Um, and yeah, like, I believe the, the first three seasons are all there. I've just been, like, devouring it. Mm. Um, it is weirdly comforting in these, like, hard-ass times. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Um, and, into that. you know, ahead of the game insofar as talking about, like, you know, things like police brutality and mm. talking about places like even looking at Camden, New Jersey, which has been, like, you know, lifted up as this model city and, mm. like, police reform and, like, looking at that four years before anyone even, like, you know, was touting that as like you know a possible possibility for the future um yeah it's just it's good and i definitely recommend if you have hbo max um watch it because i there's it's a cnn show um i don't know if cnn has any uh streaming platform i don't think they do if they do (laughs) that is the end of society as we know it oh my god like i had no way to really watch it per se unless i was watching it live or like recording on youtube tv or something like that but I wouldn't have thought to have done that if I didn't see it presented on like HBO Max. Totally. So, so yeah, I, I enjoy it. Nice. Um, I think we watched the same thing, which is the old guard. Oh yeah, <laughs> old guard. 
Um, uh, How did you feel about the old carjacks? I really liked the premise. Mm-hmm. It's I've never read the comic or whatever. Neither did I. Like you know what? By the time I got to the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like a lame comic book, and it was based on like kind of a lame comic book. Oh, okay. Um, I believe uh, Greg Rucka wrote it, and he's good at writing female characters in comics. He wrote mm-hmm. Wonder Woman for years. Mm-hmm. And, like, has had many good arcs in it. But this just felt meh. But sorry. How did you feel? Um, I liked the premise, I think, again, because I like history. Mm-hmm. But I think what I wanted was to actually see them go back yes. in history. Yes. And they only show, like, three-second flashbacks. Give me the Highlander treatment. Like, like, what was it like for you guys back then? Yeah, what's the point of having that backstory if you're not actually going to use it? Because what you're just watching is people killing people in modern times like, there's plenty of that in extraction <laughs> so, yeah there's a lot of gun kind of happening in this movie there's a lot of just close range gun under the chin situations uh-huh. um like blow your knee not blow your temple like, yeah okay so i mean again they were different Their style of fighting is kind of all over the place, which I guess is more interesting than typical fights. Yeah. But that is also becoming more mainstream, so it's not that unique anymore. Um, I thought I liked the cast because um, there are a couple of very attractive men, uh, so that really kept me in the game. Um, Charlize Theron, I could watch her all day. I had the impression, and I always get this impression from Charlize Theron, that she can always kick my ass. Oh, in yes. In any scenario. Totally, same. And not that I like, not that she shouldn't be able to. It's like, mm. no, I just, I have a small fear of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and like, everyone in it was good. Um, and I think it's just one of those movies that Charlize was like, I want to have fun. Yeah. And so I'm just going to make this movie. That's fair. Um, which, if it was me, would I, I was thinking about it. I was like, if I had her career, I already got the Oscar. I'm not worried about anything. I just want to have fun. No, you're right. <laughs> and it's like a cool excuse to learn all these different fighting styles and like to be a badass and Drive walk around and, and be yeah confident and a badass. Yeah, I would do that too, even if maybe it wasn't the best movie in the world. Um, so I, I knew what I was going into. It was exactly what I thought it was. So I wasn't really disappointed. Just it is what it is. I just wanted some more history. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there. I wish we did get to spend more time in the... Oh, man. This is something that happens in several things that I don't like. Um, sorry. Um, just thinking of this. If we're jumping back and forward in time from the future to the past mm-hmm. of... And we're dealing with people that, like, live for a long time mm-hmm. or, like, you know, events in the past influence what's happening today. Mm-hmm. We can't spend three minutes in the past... And just all this time in the future. We need more context. It, like, it kind of undermines the plot a little bit of, like, you have the, what makes this different than other, um, than other stories is that, is that backstory, and yet you don't show it. It should have been something that happened in the past that they have to deal with today. Yes. Like, something left, un- a box left unchecked, something that they yes. started then that is now affecting mm-hmm. them several hundred years later. 100%. Like, uh, not to spoil the old guard, I guess. <laughs> like, Your disdain. <laughs> when, when they show you the 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 woman that Charlie Theron lost, yes, back then that was Jason. That was so horrifying. Like to it, me, it was the visually the most interesting scene in that movie. Yes, 
I'm a very afraid of torture, and boy, was that It was torture. effective. Yeah. Very effectively done. Um, not the torture. The look of it. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> torture's never effective. <laughs> um, it... When they when she when she loses her, it's like mm-hmm. immediately, and you're like, well, she's gonna come back. One, but two, yeah, she should have been the villain of this movie as opposed to <laughs> like what she gonna do in the next 100%. one. One hundred percent. That's really calling your goddamn home run there. It's like you expect to get a sequel. Apparently, they are getting yeah. a sequel that was yeah. greenlit like immediately. But the the audacity, and not <laughs> to mention like the, what sh- that person. Um, what was done to her? It made like it would understandably make anyone go absolutely insane. Yeah. And so, again, spoilers. Like at the end when they show her, she seems like she should be in a hospital and like mentally just gone. Yeah. And she's just standing there confidently, like in a kitchen. Like, no, that I, doesn't make any sense. I guess we'll find in the next movie how she got her shit back together. Doesn't make any sense. You even had a character comment on how this person must be feeling insane. Right. And yet here we are. To be dying every like thirteen seconds yeah. for hundreds of years. For f- like five hundred years? what? Also the aims of the organization that were trying to capture them to use their bodies Sorry. Uh, to give a rundown of the old garden, what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. You've been listening to shit on this movie for like the last five minutes. Uh, is basically uh, a group of ancient warriors uh, who are essentially immortal. They can, you know, survive death, basically, mm-hmm. and come back to life. Uh, they've been doing this, you know, for several hundred years. We are now in the modern day, and a pharmaceutical, a pharmaceutical company is trying to capture them to use their DNA or abilities and like market that into a drug that can sustain eternal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah, you can't have our bodies and hence conflict. Yeah. It's not great. Um, um fun fact though, do you know who the main that main not um not what you would tell Edgy for, but the uh the pharmaceutical bad guy is? No, I don't. Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter movies. Right, 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 right. I looked at his I face. I was that. like, I know that face. And that. then I finally looked it up, and I was like, Oh, Dudley. Dudley Longbottom, man. Like he just, he just, he looks so different. Like no, lo- that's no. No, he. I'm saying that he long. Oh, he Longbottom. Longbottom. Yes. yes. <laughs> he totally did. Yes. Um, it's crazy. So that, uh, and he did a great job as a bad guy. He's he was, been, Doing it for years. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. You know, the old guard. What are you going to do? I wanted to mention the director because she she actually has made good films. (laughs) Um, She made the movie Love and Basketball um, and wrote it. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Like, a really good uh, romance and sports movie. I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. It makes so many people's favorite movies lists. Mm. Like, it really... People really like that movie. Yeah, totally. And I get it. Like, I like the movie, too. Um, Secret Life of Bees, uh, Beyond the Lights. She has a history of directing pretty decent movies. Mm. This one just didn't hit for me. I don't know. People like it. People really like I've, it. I found it to be totally just fine. It It's the scratch, I guess, I had of just wanting another action movie. I wanted and more I like than Charlize. fine, I think. Because, like, I see Charlie Theron, I think, like, oh snap. Like, it's going to be a quality action well, movie. Because 
with her, I feel like her star power, she could demand a really good action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe this is what she thought was a good action movie. Maybe. And I mean, it is action-y. Yeah. And it, yes, it does have action. That mm-hmm. is not to be understated. Yeah. Like, there's fighting, there are explosions, there's gunplay. Like, mm-hmm. it's got a lot going on with it. Cool stunts, mm-hmm. interesting effects. But, you know, for me, it just didn't do what I wanted it to do, I guess. And that's my own personal bias. Fair. Yeah. It's totally fair. What else? Um, what else do I have here? Oh, um, uh, my spy. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I really did. Jason, uh, that's with Dave Bautista, right? Yes, my spy starring Dave Bautista. Jason, I started to watch too, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Nah, this little girl's super annoying. I can't do it." Uh, yeah, she's a little bit too smart for her own good. Yeah, I don't like it when kids are like that. But they play it in a very funny way in various sequences in the movie. Like, she's very smart, but she's also a kid. Yeah. Um, they're, it's really funny. They're, uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, not Kristen Wiig, excuse me, um, Kristen Shaw. She's hilarious. She's really it? good. Yeah. Uh, she's a good foil to Dave Bautista. Totally. Um, Ken Jeong is also in it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, as, like, their boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's surprisingly funny. Like, it's it's your classic tough guy, you know, little girl scenario. Yeah. Um, as we talked about before, The Rock's done it. Uh, Vin Diesel's done it. Jackie Chan has done it. Are you? Oh, I was gonna say, if you're over six foot tall and a beefy guy, this is the movie for you. It's it's a thing that audiences like to see. Apparently, Jason, I enjoy it. I enjoy it too. <laughs> like I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, the basic premise is, you know, Dave Bautista is a CIA agent, um, and Christian Shaw is like his tech person. They've been assigned to a situation where they have to observe a little girl and her mother as they may be connected to this. Uh, terrorist ring um and dave batista gets insinuated with this family because the little girl is very intelligent and realizes that they're being observed and kind of blackmails him into dating her mom (laughs) um but you know for such a silly premise it is a fun movie um when they do go back to the idea that yes she's very smart but she's also just a kid Mm -hmm. and they deal with stuff like in school right right right. um she really wants to walk away from an explosion like like a badass (laughs) and just like but I really, I want this more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the way they pull that off is very enjoyable. And like how she can't resist, like, but look back as it explodes. Like, I still want to see it though. <laughs> like, is really, really fun and enjoyable. Um, that was like a little thing I didn't notice at first. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it is enjoyable. It is, it is a nice uh, family action movie in that way. Way better than Coffee and Kareem. I will crap on that movie every chance I get. And no one should see it. Um, Noted. My Spy is available on Amazon Prime. If you got that, check it out. Um, uh, Jason. Mm-hmm. My journey has culminated in I finished the Clone Wars series. Oh, okay. Wow. That's a big undertaking. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for sitting on the couch for hours and hours at a time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I can't really talk about it much because I'll spoil it for you. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not that far in. I mean, I've seen certain episodes, key episodes and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but I don't think I'd be that disappointed, honestly. Spoil away. Okay. Say what you gotta the say. The thing is, like, it's... You can spoil it, but you really can't in that you already... It's the, I, the only thing I can think of where, like... You know what happens at the end. Yes, I'm current with the main story. Yeah, so 
you know what it's all leading up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're basically following, um, it jumps around. It's seven seasons. Uh, the first five, I think, are each like 22, 24 episodes that are 20 minutes each. And the last two seasons, one is like 10 episodes and the other is 12, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's mainly about um, Anakin Skywalker, who is uh, Darth Vader eventually. And um, his uh, he's mentoring a young Jedi named Ahsoka Tano, who at first I found annoying, but then I fell in love with. Um, and they are... These Jedi are like the peacekeepers, but really they're kind of just soldiers-ish. It shows you more of the job of a Jedi. Yeah. Um, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi is in it. Mace Windu is in it. Yoda's in it. So like the, the main characters. characters. Yeah. Characters. Fucking Jar Jar Binks is in it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I forgot about him. He didn't show up for a while. Then he was back and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> no. I thought we ran you out of this town, old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also... You meet a ton of different um, characters, um, and you really get to see, like, kind of the whole universe. You see a bunch of different planets, um, different types of alien peoples, um, and it kind of deals with the gray area that we were talking about where there's definitely good and bad, but there's also so much in between, and even very much what the Jedi are doing can be seen as kind of a gray area. Mm. Um, it's they, the Jedi who are wrong. Okay, Anakin. But yes, also you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a much... Uh, it's Anakin is not annoying at all, which is nice. Yes. Which he very much was in the prequels. <laughs> um, he's actually very cool. He's not a creep. <laughs> no, he is not. Um, and you really get to see kind of the arcs of these characters and all these different worlds. And it gets into politics a lot. Um, and how tricky and gray that can be of just you in the desire to do the right thing the way you go about it it really has consequences and might not Mm. be the right way to do something um and so there are characters who do have to kind of grapple with all that um but then they'll have kind of filler episodes where it's just (laughs) r2d2 and c3po have to they get lost and they have to go on this kind of mission which is fair that's fine and so they they kind of go between when the latter the first two seasons are relatively light and then things happen and so they kind of go between these episodes that are very kind of heavier and darker and then lighter episodes so um and they'll have like some episodes are like a couple parts, um, but it's interesting and in just um, how s- like there's always narration at the beginning. I like that they put up at the beginning like a quote that's kind of a theme for that mm-hmm. episode, um, and they have a little bit of voiceover at the beginning just to kind of get you up to speed. They kind of newsreel it almost. Yeah, it's either what, if it was a continuation of an episode, like if it's a part two, they'll catch you up on what just happened or it's like, well, that previous episode is done and now it's just betrayal, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And it's Naboo, very Naboo in the 1940s. Blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just... It does what the crawl does at the beginning of every Star Wars. Yes, it's like 15 seconds, but it gets you probably less than that. And it just gets you up to speed on what's going on. So you don't need, it gives you like very quick context. So then you are getting just dropped into battles 
which very is great. Quickly. Yeah, it doesn't waste time, which is nice. Um, am I attracted to some of these cartoon characters? <laughs> yeah, of course I am, Jason. Of course I am. Um, and it's pretty diverse. I think there's some things in there that might be problematic. Um, okay. There is one episode that's much later um, where they go to this alien planet and the people who are doing the voiceover, I think, are Indian, um, just given the accents. And then what they end up going to is something that looks very much like um, it was pulled from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Huh. Where it's like the like red, like, lava, like lava y volcano or whatever. Okay, scenes. like the volcano pit stuff. Yeah. All right. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is great, guys. So little things here and there might not be great. Um, I don't think that was necessarily the intention. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but uh, it was overall, I did not think I'd get that into it. I really really enjoyed it i liked seeing all the characters there's some really surprising things that happen even though you do know the end of the story it looks gorgeous like any scene where they're out in space and you're just looking at the ships and stuff like the ship stuff is really it looks so good like this show and you see it evolve a little like the technology was there but you see it evolve even like the last couple of like the last two seasons like it looks amazing i'm so impressed like the characters are very stylized, yes. but the ships are just Star Wars. But the Wars ships, ships are just Star Wars ships, and yeah. it's so impressive. Um, yeah, I I was surprised by how much I loved it. I really did enjoy it a lot. I'm sad that it's over. I was. It made me cry a couple of times. Is there another season coming? Like, no, that was the final season. So they did like do the final like wrap it up season that came out on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and well, like the last shot is really great mm-hmm. um it yeah so it might be one of my favorite shows wow <laughs> that's huge praise like that's really I, big i it increased it increased my love for this universe mm-hmm. um which i didn't expect and i think because it's already such um the world building is just, I didn't expect that much. You have seasons to, you know, develop characters and situations as opposed so to like, many, you know, two yeah. hours, two and a half hours for a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and it's there's it's so varied because there's a couple episodes where you're just focusing on Yoda and like mm-hmm. his journey and stuff. Um, Liam Neeson comes back and does some voiceover. Yeah, oh. which is, and it's actually Liam Neeson. That's awesome. I was like, Liam, that's so <laughs> nice of you. <laughs> Like there were there were things when it was coming out and like I just remember like thinking that sounds dumb <laughs> and like not and not that I mean, it some was stuff is dumb I mean it is what it is it's fine <laughs> there, with twenty with however many episodes there's twenty I mean with a hundred plus episodes there's gonna be some dumb stuff in there and that's fine of course but like I I as I got older and mm-hmm. like you know moved away from like you know when the when the series finally wrapped up yeah and like. I had friends that were telling me, like, you know, Jason, it's actually really good. It's actually really good. And then, like, I, was, I became way more open to it, to the point yeah. where, like, I wanted to see it. Um, 
just just one name that I still think is silly, but from what I understand, one of the best storylines hmm. in the series hmm. is the Savage Opress oh storyline, yes. which is a dumb name. It's also Jason, a perfect Star Wars name. When I read it, I laughed aloud. <laughs> I no joke, because I always have captions on, and I was just like, "Oh, good heavens!" <laughs> One of my favorite parts is all the new names. Like, there's just so many names in every Uh episode. And it's just a delight to see what they come up with. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah. There are points in this show that do really branch off and connect to other parts of the Star Wars, you know, Mm -hmm. film universe. Oh, and it... When it first started, I had one big question. And then I was like, oh, I... Oh, I see where this is going now. This fills in a lot of blanks for me. Like, if you want to know what the last shot of The Mandalorian meant, you got to watch Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, I have to go back and watch it. If you want to know what, you know, at the end of Solo, like, wait, why is Darth Maul alive? You got to watch Clone Wars. Like, wait, what, who is the character? Who is um the chicken guy from Breaking Bad? Who's oh, Giancarlo in- Esposito. Yes. Who is he in The Mandalorian? What's his name? I forget his name in The Mandalorian. Um, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. But, you know, he is kind of like this big deal in what's left of the Empire. Yes. Um, Saul Guerrero from Rogue One makes his first appearance in The Mandalorian. And not in The Mandalorian, excuse me. Makes his first appearance in The Clone Wars. Um, does he? Yeah. I can't even remember. How sad is that? Um, but he's not voiced by Forrest Whitaker or anything like that. Right. Like. Okay. But like there, there are many points of interest of like moments that are really shocking when they happen in the movies. They're like, holy crap, the Clone Wars matters. Like, it very much, it like it hugely matters, and it like questions about Boba Fett and stuff are answered, and you're just like, oh, like that's okay. why he's a badass. Yep. Okay. Also, oh poor Boba, baby Boba. Yeah. Like, yeah. it gives way more context yeah. to various characters. And because the way they changed the extended universe of Star Wars, which was like, you know, all these books and, yeah. you know, audio tapes and all the stuff that made up Star Wars video games and all that stuff, they kind of said, like, that doesn't matter so much anymore. These several, these five things are what matters now. Mm. And Clone Wars is a big part of those yeah. five things. So if, if, you, if you consider yourself someone that really likes Star Wars or really likes that universe and, you know, wants to know more about it. Or if you... Are a casual fan like I was. Yeah, yeah. Um, like on a scale of one to ten, I was like a seven. I'm at a ten now, man. It was, <laughs> it was great. And there's a lot of like a lot of female characters, and they're totally badass, which is you awesome. See female Jedi do cool shit. Oh my god, I Isn't just that? want to be a Jedi so bad. Like, <laughs> um, and anyone who has really good cheekbones ends up being a bad guy. <laughs> uh, they, they. Do not like good cheekbones, and I get it. Because <laughs> fuck those people. What's that like? Uh, they have some sharp, sharp cheekbones. Sharp Chances are, you're not great. <laughs> you're gonna betray somebody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope you watch it because I need someone to talk to it about. Nope. Talk about. Talk about it with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I love it so much. I would totally go back and like, kind of rewatch it and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, again, this, again, furthers my, it, it lights a further fire for me to watch Clone Wars. There's a lot of issues that they tackle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anakin's just so cool. <laughs> Which is something 
people don't say very often. No, I was talking to my friend John about it when this when I started my journey, and he was because I asked him a bunch of questions like, what color lightsaber would you have? What, who like what character would you want to be? And blah blah blah. And he said Anakin. I was just like, in my head I was like, but he's a he's gonna be a bad guy. But then watching this, you just really fall in love with that guy. Mm-hmm. When Obi-Wan said something, we were supposed to be brothers. It makes more sense now. <laughs> Obi-Wan, as much as I'd like to be Anakin, I'm a real Obi-Wan. I just follow the rules. <laughs> and I'm just like, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. But then cool Anakin goes and like does it and is great. And I just like, flip. God. Check this out. Yeah. And I just. That was cool. <laughs> saw, I just kind of walked tiptoe in there fucking as Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. He can be he can be a sassy here and there. He's very sassy, <laughs> but um, but he's very by the book, so I get it. Um, also, I was attracted to his character. He looks good, <laughs> and the guy whoever does his voice sounds a lot like you and McGregor. He, yeah, that's a very good sound alike. I don't even if, I don't even know if that's appropriate in this because he's technically I guess had more time as Obi Wan than Totes. <laughs> yeah. You and McGregor, yeah. but like. He does a great job. All the voice acting is great. I believe he actually does appear in an episode of The Mandalorian. Ooh. On the prison ship episode. Yeah. I believe he is the person, the only human on the ship, piloting the ship. Oh. I'm going to have to go back and watch The Mandalorian now. Because that cool ass sword that appears. The dark saber. The dark saber. Oh, it's so cool, Jason. And the way they animate it in the show is awesome. Mm -hmm. Because it matters a lot to Mandalorians. And the show will tell you why. Um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Good. I'm, I, again, I will watch this. Please do. Um, trying to think what other things that I should talk about here. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, that is, uh, new on Netflix just came out, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, a show called, uh, Japan Sinks 2020, oh, uh, okay. based on, uh, 1973 novel called Japan Sinks 1973. <laughs> um, it is a disaster piece. Um, it is an animated uh, series. Mm-hmm. It is only 10 episodes long. Okay. And it's focused on a family just trying to uh, get to safety after Japan experiences a, ca- a cataclysmic earthquake oh. to the point where the topography and geography has changed of Japan. Like wow. it is, the island is sinking. Okay. And it is them on their myriad adventures. I mean adventures, just them trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And like, what I like about it a lot is it, it is challenging, like ideas of, like what it means to be Japanese. I guess like it is like, within a cultural context, trying to look at like certain things. Like the the family's like a mixed family. Like the mother's Filipino, the father's Japanese, their children are mixed. And like that mm-hmm. plays into various situations yeah. as they go throughout the island. Oh yeah. Like, uh, it. The, the show seeks to redefine like what it means to be a family mm. um, as like they meet new people and like you know add to like their quote unquote like right. you know emergency disaster family mm-hmm. um, and the cast of characters they pick up along the way are, it's so interesting it's like all right we've got this old man that ran an electronics store we've got like you know a kid that like lived in our hometown that is like you know a track star and like you know her, our, our daughter looks up to him mm. because she's also like the next big track star in our town um We've got a YouTube a celebrity that just happened to be in Japan. Like when all of this went down, he's part of our crew. We've got like a foreigner from England, you know, who's trying to get to like this cult. Um, to like, you know, because it's a safe place. Oh, okay. And like, we we spend a little bit, bit of time on the cult's compound and like, you know, what's life like there mm. in the middle of this disaster. Um, 
they run into a scientist that's become don't, it's don't yeah. say too much it's a lot that happens in the show but it's very short and there's only one season there will only ever be one season what um what it's on it? netflix um and it's yeah it's heart-wrenching hmm. rough things happen in rough ways uh to the cast and in the events of this show hmm. um and it every episode just keeps you wanting to watch the next one and also sometimes just leaving your mouth agape like jeez why why are we doing this mm. um the director of it is known for like you know mind bending like psychedelic animation oh cool but in this not at all it's mm. very straightforward uh very not understandable the other stuff is understandable mm. too but it is not as uh out there mm-hmm. as this other stuff is um sadly i forget his name um but he also directed uh mind game which is a very you know popular uh animated film that came out a few years ago as well as um devil man crybaby which is also on netflix and has been praised for like you know it's crazy animation Mm, um but yeah it it really got to me there are points where i teared up like jeez like this is this is hard i'm gonna be a mess like there there are like several points like this is just fucking sad yeah and like maybe i can't watch this but it's it's good it's really good um, yeah, that's that's one thing I really wanted to, to talk about in this episode because it's just I didn't expect anything from it, mm. but and I don't know if anyone is watching it. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a Netflix anime; they make like twenty of those a year. But like, this is one worth watching for sure. Nice. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else that uh, is worth talking about in this episode per se. Um, oh, maybe one. Uh, I watched The Invisible Man. Uh, with uh, what's her name, Elizabeth from the uh, God? Why didn't I? Write oh, this down? oh, um, from yep. Anime's Tale. Yep, 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 yep. Um, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's really really just okay. Yeah, Elizabeth um, Moss. Elizabeth Moss, excuse me. Um, yeah. So I had, I think, I had someone explain to me like the whole movie, and I just. It just sounded so fucking dumb that it, it made me angry. It's a little silly. Um, in Insofar as getting across the message of, like, this is, like, what it means to escape and be in, like, you know, an abusive relationship. Mm. Okay. But it's a little hokey when you add the Invisible Man the aspect to it. The sci-fi aspect seemed very... The sci-fi aspect, I don't it think... It seemed disappointing. I yes. was disappointed. I wanted a, a crazy twist, something. Yes. And, like, the twist I saw coming a mile away just when my friend was explaining it i was just like oh this is too straightforward like i wanted something more like i was really looking forward to it from the trailers i'm like oh my god this looks really interesting moth is really talented and she's very good Mm. um but it winds up just to me just being okay like certainly not worth paying 20 dollars for which is what it was going for for a long time (laughs) for far too long on uh various streaming services again in this period of time, I get that movie, movies and, you know, companies that make movies can't get the full price of a movie ticket. Boo-hoo. Okay. Yeah. That's sad for you. I'm but not paying $20 to see I a lot like of I feel like it's stuff. more accessible to people, though. Yes. But like, why am I paying more for accessibility? Yeah. Like... Like, parents who usually can't get out to the movies because they have little kids and they need a babysitter, they yeah. can just sit at home and actually watch. Like, so you have kind of a larger audience... You're making me pay 20 bucks for something that I would never pay 20 bucks for in yeah. theaters. I would probably never see in theaters. Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to do that at home? 
Like, no. Mm. You, and not even to own to rent. Yeah. For 48 hours at best. Yeah. No, thank you. I hear you. But that aside, I guess that's our show. <laughs> um yeah uh please you know visit us on uh on our podcast on instagram put things up there sometimes um you know thank you for listening mm-hmm. uh hope you enjoyed yourself uh hope you enjoyed the episode um you know we'll be with you next time thank you so much bye, bye.